Uh-oh, this thing's on. Hey everybody, this is Ty Eden, and this is the Tybo Show. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Ty Eden. I'm the host of my show, the Tybo Show. And um, in this episode, this is episode number eight. And can't believe I've got eight episodes under my belt. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, This week, we are featuring an interview with a um, rather popular person in the real estate industry that has to do with specializing in probates, for those of you that know what a probate is. Um, This week, we're talking with Chad Corbett. Chad has a rather extensive real estate background and career. He um, started out in the the hills of Virginia uh, in his younger years and then made his way out to Hawaii where he specialized in resort real estate sales and then when things kind of changed in the real estate market back in 07, 08, and 09, he apparently had to reinvent himself and uh, get into more in the investment side, traditional real estate, and found himself uh, back in Virginia and uh, is a co-founder of a company that I personally have done business with, a company called All the Leads. They specialize in uh, obtaining and providing probate leads for realtors, and they've got a a program and a campaign that actually works, and Chad is not only a co-founder of that company, but he is the lead trainer for all the realtors that um, choose to get involved with the program, and they even have some free outreach that you can just dial in and listen to conversations, and they've got a a Facebook page. I'll uh, provide links for both the company and uh, for the Facebook. And uh, you can kind of tag along and look and learn, but uh, proof's in the pudding. Get the leads, do the mailings, follow their their lead on everything, and uh, you'll actually create some business for yourself. So without any further delay from me sitting and chatting, we're going to cut right into the beginning of my conversation with Chad, uh, Chad Corbett, with all the leads. All right, here we go. So today we've got Chad Corbett. Um, he is with ATL, which is all the leads. And I originally was introduced to Chad by enrolling myself into their into their lead generation program, which uh, has a very focused uh, niche of uh, prospects for you realtors out there that might be listening to this podcast. And that niche is uh, probates, right, Chad? That's right. Okay. And so what I like to do is just kind of start off uh, from what I could see, because I, I cheated a little bit and I, I clicked onto a couple of your uh, social media profiles. You're originally from West Virginia? That's right. Okay. Um, born and raised or? <laughs> born and raised. So I, uh, I was born on a small farm near uh, Snowshoe Mountain Resort, which is a, the largest ski resort on the eastern seaboard. And uh started out in law enforcement and in two thousand five I 
I uh, decided that that, that uh, the d- a desk job wasn't for me. And uh, over a hearing test, I transitioned out of law enforcement um, and started working in resort real estate. So we did ski front whole ownership. And in 2007, I kind of saw the writing on the walls and became a moving target in that industry. So I went from West Virginia to Tennessee. We built a, uh, a water a condo water park development in the Smoky Mountains. And then 2008 happened, and I, I realized that I had to become valuable in a different way. So I stepped up, and I, I gathered a bunch of, <clears throat> so our, the banks we had committed ran away, like most banks did at the time. And I raised capital through community banks and raised enough capital to actually get that project closed. So in 2008, I took that model that we proofed out in Tennessee and went to move to Washington so I could cover all six time zones. We had a project in Maui that was a, a $850 million project and no banks that were willing to finance the closings. Wow. So between like 2009 and 12, I managed over a billion dollars in, in condo closings and then ended up moving to Maui and, and selling what fell out from the original launch. And uh, did that through 2012, uh, 2011, actually. And I was 29 years old, making more money than I ever thought I would make in the world. And I didn't feel like I was making a difference. And I just wasn't fulfilled. So I packed everything up, shipped it to Washington, and disappeared into the Canadian wilderness on a motorcycle for a couple of months. And that's and a big part of that was no cell phones, no laptops, just you know camping alone in the Canadian backcountry getting clear on what it was I really wanted. And after that, I came back. I flew my dad out from West Virginia, my dog from Hawaii, and we did a father-son dog road trip. We went to almost every national park in the country over the next few months and uh, ended up landing in Roanoke, Virginia, as uh, as close to home as I get now. <laughs> I travel quite a bit. But uh, I, and, could, I could tell from looking at your social media, you... Uh... You, you were definitely an outdoor person, I could tell. Yeah, we, uh, I, I try to get every drop of, of life out of life I can. So I came to Roanoke. I came from a median price of $1.35 million in Maui to 140000 in Roanoke and really didn't understand how you could make money in, in, in brokerage in a market like this. So I kind of looked and said, well, what do I really want to do? Um, and I wanted I, on, a, on a mountaintop in British Columbia, I made myself three promises. I will always help others more than myself. I'll always make a solid income so I can live the lifestyle I want. And I'll always be able to do that from a mobile device so I can travel the way I want to. And I had no clue what that would actually be. I just got clear on the outcome. And with that outcome in mind, I chose a town that I, I didn't know a single person here. So I, I decided to move to a town and start a real estate business in the middle of January where I knew nobody. And that was the, where the, the journey got interesting. So <clears throat> is, had, Jan, is I, January there as, as, as dead as it is here in the Midwest where like nothing happens? Right. And this is January of 2012. So it was kind of the, the very bottom of the market in Roanoke. Um, we 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 bottomed later that spring, I think. So I didn't see much opportunity, you know. To I had I had license real estate licenses in four states at the time, and I just didn't see much opportunity. So I started buying houses, and that was that's where things got interesting. At this time, I was reading I don't know at least a hundred books a year at, at that at that time. 
and I was going to, you know, just seminars, anything that sounded interesting. I was open. My mind was open to it. So I was in this kind of discovery phase. So I, I did some wholesaling. I did some lease with option to purchase. I did portfolio deals. I sold a resort. Um, you know, I, I just try, I was willing to try anything. Um, what about two or three months into it, I realized that probably eight out of 10 leads that real estate leads I was getting at the time, I had to say, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And that was where my why started to become clear. So I made a rule that when my phone rings, I have to have a way to help you first and a way to monetize that second. Obviously, you have to survive. And what kind of came out of that was a a four-pronged approach where the first branch would be, is there equity or not? And if there's not equity, then you have probably a, a short sale or a creative financing option. And if there is equity, then you can sell it conventionally or you can do a cash, you know, a a cash offer. So there were really four distinct sections of of my business. So whether we were, you know, doing a distressed short sale or just or, you know, doing some sort of creative financing. So we didn't have to pay commissions or negotiate price or if we were just buying it and closing next week or just putting it on the market regularly. What I found was that. Almost immediately, I went from, you know, having like having those and so many realtors talk about the bad leads, the ones they have to throw away. And for me, it was realizing it's not just a lead on my screen. There's a human on the other end of this and that human's in a certain situation. And if I can be empathetic to that, then I can help them and I can get paid for that value that I bring to the world. Right. And that was a big turning point for me. So I started, I I did a lot of different things, but the idea was to, you know, take lists, you know, a list that most people would market to, but approach it in a completely different way and put a team of people around myself. So there was never a reason that I couldn't help somebody and monetize it. Where that ended up pulling, what ended up, I ended up getting pulled toward was probate. So the, the deal there was one one deal in particular that kind of became the the, the mile marker for this. Uh, a lady had I had pulled a list of properties with, that hadn't transferred in nine years that had at least fifty percent equity, and this was after I read the NAR survey of home buyers and home sellers. So I said, okay, if they have at least fifty percent equity, the average homeowner moves every nine years at that time. Let's see what this list will do. Don't ever market to that list, by the way. It was not productive. But I got a phone call from a lady who told me, don't ever mail me again. I'll never sell this house. 60 days later, I get a call from a frantic lady um, using the same address, and it was her daughter. So her mother had had a, a massive stroke. She had a hundred. She had the, owned the house free and clear, but she didn't have enough cash to get out of the hospital to pay for her long-term care, the transition and the long-term care. So I said, well, let me ask you a few questions and I'll be over in, in a couple of hours. So we, I asked her about the house. I showed up in a couple of hours. We sat down and I gave her four options. Option one was we'll pay cash and close as soon as title comes back, which is usually three to four days. Um, option two is we can go as is, where is, and probably, you know, unload it within a couple of weeks to, to a landlord. Option three is we bring my contractors in. We clean the personal property out, get that sold for whatever, you know, for the most money we can, bring a contractor in to do some light renovations. And then we go back out to the conventional market. What I found out, that house was on the market for 12 months with no showings and no offers, even though she said she would never sell. 
Um, and then option four was essentially option three, but with creative financing. And to my surprise, that's the one she chose because the two things that were most important to her were getting money, getting the most amount of money and getting it fast because she had to get her mother out of the hospital into a rehab facility. So we structured it as a lease with option to purchase. We took an $8,000 option fee, $1,100 first month, $1,100 last month, and I, ha- I put it out to my list. We had four, four buyers step up. Um, one of them was a pair of re- a retired Navy vets that had forgotten to pay their last utility bill in Pennsylvania. So they were just on the cusp of qualifying for financing, but they couldn't. And they really, really, they still own the home. I still keep in touch with them. So we put them in. Uh, we, we ended up selling the furniture and trying to shorten this down. But net, the net result was because I had that mindset of I'm going to help somebody. I have, I'm going to have any way to help somebody and monetize it. I was able to get Pam $25,000 net more than the house had expired for after sitting for 12 months. So she was able to immediately get her mother into the facility that she wanted and get her taken care of. We were able to create a good cash flow for her while she was in there. And within a few months, we, we got that homeowner to, or the, the tenant buyers qualified and got them to close with VA financing. And that was an aha for me. I'm like, how many people are in this situation? How many folks are being told, I can't help you or you're just stuck? And with creative thinking and the right mindset, you can create transactions out of thin air. So that led me into short sales and I focused more on lease options. And, you know, I, I did a little I've done a little bit of everything, but that was the basic premise. Like that was the, the core value that was driving the business was, you know, provide multiple solutions and always be able to help and, and find a way to monetize that. Um, and then I kind of looked at I finally got to the point where probate was such they were such great people to work with. They were super stressed out in a, in a situation they, they most had never been in. It was their first time. They didn't know where to start. And once once we met and I said, oh, that's no big deal. We'll bring in our state sale company, sell this, use that money to do the rehab. Then we'll get it staged. Then we'll do photography. We'll be on the market and get it sold. And to be able to make a molehill out of their mountain was it, you could see the impact, like you could see the relief in these people's eyes and you could feel it like that through the whole transaction, they were just the best clients I'd ever worked with. So at that point I said, but what does this look like nationwide? Like I know what I can do here in my town, but can I take what I know, what I've learned and teach others and scale this nationwide? And I had three three friends that, that I knew from my resort real estate days who are now my business partners. And we kind of, we put our heads together and said, you know, what does this look like if we have researchers and courthouses all over the country getting public data? And then we teach real estate agents and real estate investors how to have this mindset and have this team approach and this vertically integrated solution to reach out and make a bigger impact in the community. And that has, at least at this point in my life, that's my why. Like, I can take what I learned in my own soul searching and, and how I wanted to make a difference and help the world. And rather than helping a hundred families a year here in Roanoke, I can help hundreds of thousands of families in all 50 states. So that's kind of what got us here today. Um, and so we're I'm the co-founder of a company called All the Leads. We uh, we we have pro, we have researchers in courthouses in every county in the United States. We bring that data back. We give you contact info for the the personal representatives. 
And more importantly, we teach you how to have an empathetic approach, like what they're going through, what that looks like and feels like and what their struggles are and how you can build a business to provide real value to the community. And obviously my customers are really important and that's, you know, that's where we spend 100% of our effort. But what I love about it is ultimately the consumer benefits more than our customers do. Um, you know, they're getting paid for the value they're bringing, but ultimately this makes the probate process a lot less stressful and in a lot of cases shortens the timeline quite a bit for most families. Now, I've been a member of that, uh, the ATL, and you host um, a couple of calls that your members are able to, um, I guess, present to you different challenges that they face as they're reaching out to these executors or personal representatives. Um, And I always found it very captivating how smooth you were able to handle almost any objection and kind of turn it around to having that personal representative kind of understand where you're coming from and and getting them to be willing to work with you. Was that something that just was natural for you, or is that something that you developed over a period of time? It, it took time. And so this, this past July is when I really realized what I was doing and I became a better teacher. I was at Inman Connect in San Francisco, um, which for anybody who isn't aware is one of the, the more prominent real estate gatherings for that happens twice a year. But at Inman, there was the, the, the original one of the original writers for Pixar's Toy Story was on stage and he started his speech. He said something that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. He said, empathy equals generosity. And I was like, wow, what a powerful statement. I mean, it's such a simple statement, but I, I sat with that through, I did a two month road trip in, in British, like through throughout Canada and the U S and I kind of sat with that every night and thought about it. And I'm like, that's what I've been doing. Like I've, I haven't been teaching it very well, but it was a realization to me. So empathy is really the driver in all of this. Like what I said about a lead ultimately being a human in a, in a human situation on the other end, that's how I've always looked at things. And I think where most agents struggle or agents and investors is a lead is something that came from the internet and you got, you got my money in your pocket, right? And and I see most people who struggle tend to lean toward that mindset where for me, it was more, okay, this is a human in a situation. If I can hold my, if, if I can find a way to provide value to them, then the world will always reward me. And I've, I've, I guess I've just gotten clearer on what my tactics were based on all along, but really empathy to me is, is the key to not just probate, but pretty much everything else I've done. Like even in, in resort real estate, you know, you're working with super happy, healthy billionaires, but understanding their needs and understanding their lifestyle was what really helped me build rapport with them and get them to trust me and, and help guide them through a multi-million dollar investment. It's the same with someone with a $50,000 house. If you can focus on people and situation and then talk about real estate, you can provide a much higher level of service and you can have a lot more trust. So pretty much everything you hear me say on the mastermind calls, on the role play calls, it, and I don't even, I don't even think about it. I'm on in the hot seat. People hit me and I respond, but it's, it's for me, it's really being driven by empathy. And that's been the, the, the kind of the, the secret that that's helped me accomplish everything. 
Yeah, I was. Uh, every time I would sit in on those calls, I was always impressed as to how smoothly. Because you have a real nice, um, easygoing, smooth tone to your voice. Not excited, and I think being able to continue that uh, that type of expression with no matter what someone is is hitting you with can prove to be a calming effect. Sure. So, um, what's the future have in store for uh, for Chad and for ATL? I mean, you've got this thing going, and it's it sounds as though it's running pretty good. You've also got uh, uh, a couple of just regular real estate uh, things that you're doing in addition to that, because you're just kind of a partner in that with a couple of a uh, couple of other fellows, correct? Yeah, there's there's four four partners, and we have a staff. Of, there's thirty people on our team now, so we've got a nice business. Um, in the the near future, <laughs> I uh, I've kind of called myself out. So my goal was to try to work until I was forty, and then transition into the nonprofit world. And I'm starting to split my time. So in two weeks, I'll be going to Nepal to spend sixteen days on a motorcycle in remote villages where no visitors have ever really been, and we're developing freshwater systems. And all the leads contributes to that cause as well. <clears throat> but I'm going to be doing more nonprofit work, but continuing to to build this company. And ultimately, you know, I, I, we want to scale this company to where we can make as big of an impact as we can across the country. We're in the early stages of, you know, that, that end of life phase for baby boomers. And there's never been a demand for such a service as, as we've, we're about to see between now and 2060. Um, so th- for me, I want to help as many of those families as I can through that transition because the vast majority of them will have to go through probate and it's, it's a really stressful situation. So, and, you know, I've honestly like helping the real estate community as well. Um, you know, agents and investors use like helping them use a different approach to reach their goals. Um, and beyond probate, I mean, we're looking at systems for, uh, you know, for foreclosure and, and, um, so we're looking at other, how can we take the model that we developed where we teach, you know, kind of a hub and a wheel concept. So the real estate professional is the hub or the glue that holds it all together. But you have the spokes of, you know, contractors, clean out crews, senior moving companies, social workers, nursing home employees, anyone who can bring value to the folks in this stage of life. And how can we take that model and apply it across other areas of real estate that are being underserved? Like in foreclosure, 71% of people experiencing foreclosure never make a phone call to a real estate agent. And it's always fascinating to me to see how many people will, will go through foreclosure with a ton of equity and just lose everything. And to me, that seems unnecessary. And if we have the right professionals reaching out to the right people, we can make a big impact there too. And especially when, you know, when the real estate market turns and we're in that part of the cycle, so that's kind of our sights are on that in the future is taking what we've learned from the industry and, and, and what is effective in working with the community and affect more lives and more spaces. So not just probate, but other situations where a lot of times people just freeze up and it's like they're in quicksand. Um, you know, they just keep sinking deeper and deeper, but they're with the right leadership. You can grab their hand and pull them out of the quicksand and move forward. But oftentimes the industry isn't providing the level of support and education that, that the professionals need to provide that kind of service. So that's kind of the future for us. Is that's the direction we want to head. And 
making a difference not only in the community but in the industry. That's interesting. With the foreclosures, I um, through some different uh, contacts that I had, um, I was going door to door with those folks that uh, were facing foreclosure and just mm-hmm. engaging them in conversation to kind of give them, um, you know, the knowledge that there are options that are out there uh, that they don't have to go through the foreclosure process. And uh, yeah. you know, I, I got a certain level of success from those people and, and willingness to listen. So, um, yeah, people don't like uh, new things. They tend to be, uh, they, they kind of dig in if it's something new. But the flip side of it is, is you don't want to go through a foreclosure if you don't have to. Uh, and nobody really has to. Right. And I found it to be a kind of a pride and ego thing. So we're, you know, we're, we're, we're conditioned to behave a certain way. And when you make a commitment to buy a home and you can no longer stand up to that commitment, a lot of people will just, they just shut down their ego protects them. They build walls around until it's over. And then they're, you know, they're in way worse shape than they, they, they should have been. And that's, that's what led me into short sales. And honestly, you know, short sales can be a great business. It's it's obviously helping people, but it, it doesn't have to be as stressful as most people make it seem. If you use a good facilitator and just if the if the real estate professional only focuses on what they're good at, which is usually people, um, and let let a professional do the the negotiation and dealing with all the moving pieces. Uh, honestly, some of my short sale deals were the deepest relationships I have with my clients because once they realized my intent was good and that I was just trying to help them, they kind of broke down that ego wall and were like, okay, let's, let's do this. We're going to do it. And I had people, I mean, you know, we had some folks walk away with, with checks and and relocation money. And it's, you know, it's, it's unpredictable what some of the banks will do in a short sale situation, but there's only been a couple that, you know, we didn't accomplish our goal. And that was because the bank acted irrationally, to be frank, like they, they took less money at the courthouse steps, like 30 or 40% less than we had it under contract for. But we had like a 95% success rate on short sales. And it felt good, man. I mean, we were, you know, these were folks who didn't even want to talk in the beginning. And at the end, they were the most grateful people you ever worked with because you they saw value in it. But it's a lot of times it's, you know, we're conditioned to like it's it's not a, you know, they have, and again, empathy. So it was a 90 day, a long 90 days of missing payments and getting calls from the bank and fighting with your spouse and, you know, making decisions on what you can and cannot pay. Like that financial struggle leading up to that point where they got, you know, the, the notice of default. If you think about that. And think about the human element of it. Like it, it, that's what motivated me to want to get out, get out there and do what you did. Like go knock on the door and say, Hey, you have options. And I think a lot of agents are apprehensive to do that. And certainly the homeowners are apprehensive to look for help. But if we can, if you can imagine a world where, you know, if you have a, a community of, of real estate professionals who understand this and can think about it from their standpoint and then reach out with a soft offer. So just start the conversation, then you can make a huge difference in, in their situation and really the overall real estate market. Right, right. And it's a, it's an ac- excellent additional source of, uh, of activity. In addition to the probates, I mean, that's probates are kind of an evergreen 
you know, type of scenario. I remember listening to you recite some statistics that we're approaching here with the baby boomers and the amount of retirees and, you know, folks that have just a will and no, uh, uh, none of the other paperwork that would trump a, a probate. And it was just mind boggling how much money is going to be passing hands from, you know, family member to family member in the coming years. Just mind boggling. Absolutely mind boggling. It's as high as 136 trillion with a T. Um, it's kind of an unfathomable amount of wealth that the, that, that, the, the, gen- the greatest generation has amassed. And fortunately, they're outliving any other generation, but eventually we all have to face that. And between now and 2060 is, is, you know, going to be a huge transition for, from one generation to the next. So how, for our listeners, how would someone go about finding um, all the leads. What uh, what, so, what are best well, ways to get involved with ATL? Yeah, so alltheleads.com is our, our main website. Um, we also have, I think one of the things I'm most proud of in everything we've done is our Facebook community. And it's a closed group just for real estate professionals, but it's All The Leads Mastermind. And then also on YouTube, we have over 500 hours of just public education on, on this subject. So if you go to youtube.com forward slash all the leads, that's our channel. And, uh, you'll, you, and there's, there's over 500 hours of, of my calm voice <laughs> there, <laughs> but, uh, we're, we're constantly trying to just, just bring value in any way we can. So there's some stuff there that will be valuable to, you know, a family going through probate. And there's obviously stuff there that's valuable to investors and real estate agents and brokers. Um, but there, so we have, you know, the, all that's kind of interconnected, but YouTube forward slash all the leads or all the leads.com and be sure and check out our blog and our conference call archive. Anyone who's interested can join us for our weekly mastermind call every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And that's on, on the website. You can find that dial in information. And I'll post links to all this in the show notes for this particular episode as well. So, and a real quick story as a part of my involvement with ATL. Um, <laughs> Kind of a funny story. And I, I tell other agents about how this rolled out, but I got a, I, I followed up on one of the leads uh, a couple of towns over from where I, I live and my office is. And, uh, the executor asked me to come over and, and meet with her and walk through the house. And she was looking for a valuation that her attorney could give to the courts because they're looking to value all the assets in the estate. So I did up a, a comparative market analysis and I gave her what you had depicted the three or four options of being able to, um, you know, go about being able to, to, uh, to, to, to sell the property. Um, and then I got a call a couple of weeks later and she said, Hey, I'd like to have you come by and list the house. I was like, okay, <laughs> great. I didn't even feel like I had any competition in the whole situation. So I went over, met her, did up a listing contract, uh, still dealing with a success, an excessive amount of personal items that her uncle had gathered in the house. You know, I told her I've got you know, some donation folks that I can have come in here um, and other and, and other folks that I've got as part of my team where we can whittle most of this stuff down. But only until after family members have, uh, you know, come in and actually claimed with those items that uh, everybody in the family agrees they want. So right. I put uh, a, a post out in the front yard uh, the day that I put it on to what we have in Illinois is kind of a private listing network network. So that way I could 
kind of uh, market the property without actually having it on the live uh, MLS. And no sooner I go back the next day to hang my sign and uh, I put my tools away, close the hatch of my car, I turn around and there's a young man standing there, scared the living life out of me. I had no idea where this kid came from. And he started engaging me about the house if I was the listing um, agent and so forth. He says, yeah, I got a buddy that's uh, probably interested in the house. Okay, great. I give him my card. I drive away. Ten minutes later, I've got an offer. That night, we tied it up under contract. Wow. <laughs> so it didn't. It, it 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 technically by contract, I put it on to the MLS, but it was basically a day, and and we had it sold. So cash deal, forty five day closing, and probably ninety five percent of what my asking price was, or yeah, of what my asking price was. Which fell right in, right in the top end of the range of what I thought that the value would be. So it's all nice. good stuff. Was, I always say, you know, we make we make molehills out of other people's mountains. I mean, how long would it have had have taken that homeowner or that personal representative to accomplish all that on their own, like to figure out that solution? And and so, like, it could have taken months to accomplish what you did in days, right? Right, exactly. And I've gone back a couple times because she'll call me and it's five mile drive and say, hey, I'll meet you over there. She's laboring over all the personal items. And I come back and say, hey, don't worry about it. I mean, at one point she was crying in front of me. I'm like, hey, it's going to be okay. I've got this covered. Don't worry about it. You just get all your personal stuff that you guys, the family wants out of here and consider the rest of it gone. Don't worry about it. So, uh, right. yeah, it's, uh, it's a great feeling and even be better when, uh, we sit down at closing in, uh, in May. So get ready for hugs, man. That's, there you uh, go. There you go. That's the best and, and, and the probate business, like they were, I have, I used to do YouTube videos of every client and I, I've got some of the most emotional, just grateful videos that I've ever had in real estate from these families because they had so much on their plate. They didn't know where to start. And that's why a lot of families end up dumping these houses and giving up a lot of the equity. You know, they'll sell a hundred thousand dollar house for 50 grand with everything in it because it solves their problems. And we can take, you know, less than a week of time and get a hundred grand and get everything in there cleaned out, sold and donated. Um, you know, we've, we've supplied the Habitat for Humanity and Salvation Army and Goodwill with lots of furniture and antiques and you name it. Oh, so it, it most it's a really valuable service to have in the community. Most definitely, because when these unfortunate life events take place, that they're not very well timed. And this poor lady, as well as I'm sure other personal representatives or executors, you know, they've got their own lives that they're trying to live and they've got all their own um, things that they're trying to do and accomplish. And this just is another hundred hundred pound sack of potatoes that they got to now start to carry around so a big big burden and you're right they just want to try and make it go away as fast as they can so they can continue on with their life so well listen chad thank you very much for your time i really appreciate it i know that you're extremely busy with all the different things you've got going on um i will again post uh all the links that uh that chad had recited here earlier in this segment and, uh, you know, go to them. And uh, again, Chad, thank you so much for your time. Well, everybody, that was Chad Corbett with all the leads, ATL. Great visit. Awesome person to, list to listen to. 
um, you can really tell that uh, he's really into what he does for his customers, not so much for him. As it, it probably is true in a lot of different things in life, you know, if you're into what you're doing to help others, then it'll come back to you tenfold. So, and the fact that he's looking to, you know, take and, and give back to communities, if not domestic, then international, the water thing that he talked about was, was awesome as well. So thank you for listening and please stay tuned for next week. We should have another interesting person that we'll be listening to and talking with. And again, this is Ty Eden, and this is the Tybo Show.